right, here we go. Welcome, Euro fans, to episode 217 of the Nerd Stravaganza podcast, where all of our games go on and on for hours and hours. Uh, today we have a very special guest, David Chirkop. Am I, am I uh, pronouncing that correctly? Yeah, yeah, Chirkop is fine. In Maltese we sure. say Kirkop, but uh, you sure. don't have this in <laughs> Kirkop, no problem. Uh, David Kirkop, uh, all the way live from Malta. Uh, here today to share his uh, insights and, and uh, understandings about the board game in- industry and also, of course, talk about his uh, new game, Days of Ire. And uh, we'll start off with our introductions. I'm Cam. I'm Brian. And I'm David. Of course, we have David. Perfect. And uh, we want to remind you, viewers and listeners, to head on over to iTunes. Uh, check us out there. Subscribe. Give us maximum stars. Leave a comment. Uh, we'd love to hear from you. Uh, or send us an email at nerdstravaganza at gmail.com. Um, we are going to start off. Tom, by the way, is not here for the night. He got roped into some homeowner duties uh, with his some kind of emergency meeting with his uh, homeowners association. So we're sad to ha- not have him. I'll be taking over his hosting duties, uh, hopefully not doing too bad of a job of it. And uh, I'll kick us off in our usual style with our weekly, geekly, geekly, weekly roundup. David, uh, I'll let Brian go first so you can sort of see how it goes. And then maybe after that, uh, you could jump in and let us know what your week's been like. So, Brian, why don't you kick us off? uh, I've never really done this before. Um, I'm not like a big Netflix, Hulu kind of person. But uh, I, I got Amazon Prime recently. And I, I have been watching uh, just just old '80s television, like back to back to back to back to back for like like a week now. So I've, I've Robotech, especially Robotech's on Amazon Prime, and I, God, I love that show, and I can't believe how good it still is, and I can't believe how much time I spent on it this week. Not like as a kid. I mean now. <laughs> Other, what what else besides Robotech? Have you uh, I actually watched um, just a couple of movies that like my old favorites. Uh, there's this movie called Beautiful Girls that's about like a artist pianist who's getting ready to like m- m- settle down and make money, and he's debating. Great movie. It's kind of like a thirty something uh, coming of age. Um, Doctor Who, I, I think like all of Doctor Who is on Prime, which I didn't even know. I, I was pretty surprised about that. I, I'm catching up on, I, I guess, Eccleson. That's the the kind of bald thuggish. Yeah. So, yeah. I, I mean, I, I never watched those, you know, years ago. So it's all new to me. It's on Prime for free? No. I thought it was pay. I mean, I'm paying for it. Really? So. Shit, I got... I, I... No, no, I meant like per episode. I didn't know it was yeah. it came with the Prime service. I'm gonna have to go back because I was pretty upset when they took it off Netflix. Yeah, so I'm gonna check that out. And and Robotech, like <laughs> I don't need anything else. Sweet. Uh, so that's it. That's Robotech all week. That that is a <laughs> good portion of of my my week. Um, a little bit like I guess this game came out recently. Like actually released? Uh, have you have you heard of Mighty Number no. Nine? Yes, yes, I have. I've been watching reviews and trailers again today. Trying to, I'm still on the fence on it. it it's, it's like down the middle. Fifty percent of people like hate it, and fifty percent of people absolutely love it. Yeah, and yeah, uh, it, it's a it's a Kickstarter Indiegogo crowdfunded project, which which I love, but it also kind of shows problems with that because all of the backers were like oh, it's taking forever get the game out get the game out so they just like kind of rushed it a little bit and released it and now all the backers are like, this game sucks <laughs> well pick good cheap or fast right you get two well fast fast is 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 a bit of a statement i mean it has been three years which is yeah <laughs> which is uh, okay i guess i guess i mean they're Three years is is quite normal in terms of for, as far as video game development cycles go, but it's not a big game by any means, or um, somewhat advanced graphically in any means. So, three years. I don't know how big the team was, of course, but three years is relatively still a long time for uh, for a video game development cycle. 
um, depending, of course, if this was done as a full-time project or it, if it was done by a by a small team in their right. free time. Yeah. Right. So, so, so it, it kind of depends. But if they got that much money from Kickstarter, I would assume that at least a few people were full-time on this project in these three years, right? Um, yeah, I think it was three million, right? It was almost four, I think. Wow. So uh, I don't know. I, I, I'm pretty disappointed with the. Mostly, I mean, from what I can see right now, the gameplay seems fun. Um, that sort of dashing through through enemies thing seems to be up my alley. But the art style is just not there. The art style is quite flat and bland, in, uh, as far as I. I I think it's fair to say you're probably a little bit younger than me, right. but I'm still adjusting to it looks like a Dreamcast game being an insult. <laughs> that was like amazing graphics when I was uh when I was developing. Yeah. Well, yeah, of course, of course, but <laughs> I mean it's a PS4 game, not a Dreamcast game, right? It's a, it's yeah. a modern console game. I mean, you don't really need much more than that for for the style of game it is, for the action platformer it is, right? But at least if you're gonna do something, at least put some flair in it, you know. I mean, I know the the, the Zelda on the Wii had less good specs, but it looked amazing in terms of its stylized yeah. art direction. You know what I mean? Um, the 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 effects, like the lighting effects and shadows, they can make a huge difference. Yeah. And the explosions are absolutely terrible. I don't know if you've seen them. <laughs> That's funny. Um, it looked yeah, like a kid's I, I have, paint I not been, crayon. I have not been following the project, but it sounds like I will not be buying it. <laughs> you might be one of the lucky 50%. I mean... Yeah, yeah, that's true. So... I, I'm sorry, go ahead, Dave. I'm sorry, go ahead, Dave. I think I will probably be one of those 50% who will actually enjoy it, I think. Shortcomings aside, it looks fun, right? Yeah, shortcomings aside, it does actually look quite fun. And the, the high-speed sort of gameplay that people have been saying is not really Mega Man. Well, it's not Mega Man, you know? It's, it's a successor of Mega Man, uh, which, which should be fine, right? I think, I think I, I'm still not afraid to give it a go right now. I, I feel guilty because I'm usually such a Kickstarter supporter, but I'm, I'm glad I missed this because I didn't have to wait three years for it. So I'm just excited about it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. What's yeah, the, yeah. Uh, what's the exactly. price point? I think it's 39, 29? 29, even if it's 29. That's, yeah, even if it's 29, I mean, what are the, like, what, if you wait three, four months, it'll probably be on Steam for five, yeah. right? Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah well yeah well we'll see how that plays out um brian you got anything else on your uh weekly no nope. all right david why don't i throw it on over to you let uh let us know what you've been doing all week well of course i've been quite occupied with uh with the kickstarter campaign um so i've been uh refreshing that a lot um which is fun. <laughs> um, I've I've written two rule books uh, for two different games, but I think the, the the nerdiest thing would be the fact that I I paid four dollars on Humble Bundle just so I can play the Monster Hunter Generations demo before it actually comes out. Which is go it's going to be free when it comes out, right? <laughs> but uh, but if you pay if you got in on the E3 bundle on Humble Bundle, you could download it now with a code and. Uh, I ignored everything else that was on this bundle, which had like, I don't, I don't know, it had like 16 <laughs> different game codes. And I only did it for the, for the, the early access to the, to the Monster Hunter Generations demo. Um, and yeah, I played, that, I played that a lot, like just killing the same monster over and over again. In, in Monster Hunter, that's what hey. I've been doing. Sounds like $4. Sounds like $4 well spent. I mean, like you know, well got to pay for convenience sometimes. Yeah, well, right? I, I guess so. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's for those who can't wait, right? So I exactly. guess I deserve it. <laughs> <laughs> Very cool. What else? Anything else going on over there in uh, Malta? Well, it's hot here. Yeah. It's really yeah. hot. Yeah, yeah, we had a heat wave at the end of last week. Now it's oh, it's it's calming down a little bit. Um, 
but I've been uh, I'm gonna move in a few in a few uh, in a few months, and I've been also working hard on on like trying to meet all of my friends like from different circles. So right. I've been having a lot of like little I don't know, barbecues or meetups here and there uh, because the multi summer started, and that means lots of barbecues and sausages um, all the time, every day, gotcha. day and night. Where 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 are you moving, where are you moving to? Uh, where, where are you moving? Where are you moving to? I'm moving. Uh, I'm moving to Poland, actually. Um, oh wow! I'm, oh wow! Very cool. Yeah, I'm gonna be. Uh, uh, I'm gonna be working on, on some, another. I can't really no say problem. a lot. Well, <laughs> no worries. I'm. I'm gonna be working on video games there. Gotcha. So. Nice. Well, when you when you get when you can talk about it, we'll have you on again, and you can come on and tell us. <laughs> sure. Cool. Sure. Cool. Sure. <laughs> I'd love to do that. Awesome. So I guess that rounds it out to me. Uh, my week has been pretty geeky. I was at the Origins Game Fair in Columbus, Ohio. That was awesome. Got to check out several new releases, um, a bunch of new games. I was there with Yellow. Or you're, you're familiar with Yellow Games, I'm sure, right, uh, David? Of course. Yeah, I, I do a lot of work for them um, in sales and, and marketing and gaming uh, and demoing. And uh, so I was there with them. Uh, had a great time. Um, was there all week? I actually, my girlfriend, uh, her her parents live about two hours away in Cleveland, Ohio. Uh, so we went there for a few days, stayed with them, and then drove over to Columbus and uh, for the game fair. So that was that was awesome. I was also there. Um, we're not really a sports show, not many, people, and I'm sure none of not many of our listeners are into sports. But it was pretty nice being there because the uh, Cleveland Cavaliers won the championship, the NBA basketball championship while I was there. So that was pretty exciting to be there when that everyone was all excited and happy. So that was nice. Uh, you know, just the, just the feeling of everyone being there, you know, all happy. So that was good. Um, what else have I done? Just been playing game nights, uh, been preparing for Gen Con, which I'm sure we'll talk about later on in the show. Uh, I'll be there with yellow as well in a couple months. Um, but I think the biggest thing I've been preparing for is, uh, it's my companion. It's going to be her, her, her birthday on July 2nd, so I booked us two tickets to go skydiving <laughs> this coming weekend. So, oh, yeah, wow, so I've cool. been, uh, you know, trying not to shit my pants for the last week, getting ready uh, <laughs> mentally, preparing for that. So if I'm not on the show next week, you guys will know why. <laughs> I'll be I'll have plummeted to my death, uh, knock on wood, hope not. But, uh, yeah, so I'm gearing up for that, and... Um, yeah, so that's been my week. Uh, just preparing for that, um, and uh, yeah, ha- playing playing lots of games, playing playing lots of board games. Um, and um, what what have you been playing the most? What's like your well, new? Well, it was just because I was at Origins. Well, I mean, I play a lot, you know, anyway during the week. But this past week in Origins, I was just playing. I, I was just demoing a whole bunch of games. I demoed um, the new Tyrants of the Underdark, the new D and D. Um, board game that's coming out. Okay. I, I demoed um, Total Rickall with that Rick and Morty Cryptozoic game. Uh, I right. demoed uh, Dice City, the new Dice City um, uh, expansion. I demoed, um, I mean, a ton of games. I demoed, um, well, I demoed all of our new yellow games, obviously. Um, I demoed, um, what else did I demo? Oh, what was actually awesome was Cryptozoic. I'm a big fan of the DC Deck Builder series. And so I was in a bunch of tournaments. I won. I won the two tournaments I was in. I won. Um, the second one was awesome because it was a look at their new, uh, their new upcoming crossover pack. So it's going to be all the rogues, and they introduced this new, a new mechanic. Um, it's called uh, team up. So basically, if you're familiar with DC uh, deck builder, you know you have your deck, you have a discard pile, you have your hand. So when it's your turn, you can. You can basically team up with another player, but it's, it's basically a forced action. You force that player to turn over the top card of their deck, and you get to play that card. Um, what they get then is they get a victory point token for allowing you to basically play the top card of your deck. Um, but it's really cool because there's a lot of new cards that they've introduced that combo off that. So you can basically make everyone turn over the top with one of the cards that I had. You made everyone turn over the top card of your deck so you could see what they had. And then you can decide to who you wanted to team up with. And it just, you know, my actual, the, the hero that I was using allowed me to, whenever I played a card that I didn't own, I, I could draw a card. So it just 
pulled in a ton of ton of, of combos for me to do so that's how i ended up winning the tournament just because i sort of picked up on the mechanics really quickly um but um the the, the coolest thing was that it was just like a prototype we were basically beta testing their game um they, they didn't even have like done cards they were like printed out car paper cards just sleeved so we were actually helping matt hyra the um the the, the creator of that game sort of play test his game so that, that was pretty cool um, so I'm looking for that to come out, looking forward to that to come out. And, um, but you know, Origins is more of like a gameplay. I mean, there was some new stuff that was introduced, but really everyone sort of waits for Gen Con and then Essen. So, yeah, I mean, Gen yeah. Con is, the, is still the bigger, the bigger fair. Is, is Niet? Niet has been out for, for about a year. Yeah. Oh, oh, the, the new versions yeah. from Yellow. Yeah. That the one, that yeah. one has just been out. Yeah. Oh, okay. I saw it. Uh, I saw it on, um, on Board Game Yeah. Game few months back and i thought i thought it was still to come out i i didn't realize it, yeah, was it came out there. like third quarter of november i believe because i know it, at, B, at bgg con okay. we had it uh bgg con at board game geek con at um in november and i think it it come out a month or so before uh but yeah that's a fun game if you like trick-taking games and and you know those kind of things it's oh, yeah, yeah. It, it's pretty fun i have it in uh, uh in uh it was part of blue uh, and more uh, Yes, yes, yes. Um, it, 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 there's like six games in there. One of them is Niet, the other one is Mu, um, and there are a few other trick-taking style games in there. And Niet is the is 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 the the one that's is the only one in that set that plays two-player. So it's one that I've actually managed to play quite a little bit. But of course, the 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 new yellow version is it looks. It looks completely, you know, it's a step above in terms of art. I really love what they've done with it. Yeah, well, yellow, their art is always amazing. That's what that's what I love about them. I see you got uh, some other cool games back there. You got uh, you got Agricola. What do you got? Catacombs, War of the Ring. War of the Ring is actually my favorite game, by the way. Uh, really? I have, is it? Uh, is I ha- it? Yeah, yeah. I have the I have the collector's edition actually. Yeah, <laughs> so I love it. Uh, I, I love. I this love is, War of the this Ring. is the second edition that there is there. Kemet is quite Kemet cool is too. Awesome. Right yep. next Kemet to it. is great with the pyramids and all that. Yeah, that's a good game. Yeah, yeah, it's cool. a good game. Very uh, cool. I, mean, I have Brass here, which is brass, one of my favorites yeah. as well. Yeah, I really yeah. like Brass. So you're 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 into the. It seems that. like you're into the pretty heavy heavy Euro type games, which makes sense, I guess. Uh well, I, it's it's quite varied. I mean, I have Chaos in the Old World, which is okay. You could say it's a medium right. weight Euro as well. Uh-huh. But I, I mean, Kemet is, is an air control, right. right? So it's more, uh, but yeah. And there's Earth Reborn there, which I've never played. Um, in terms of American stuff, I don't know. There's, I guess, I have Pathfinder and Catacombs. You could say there's Eclipse over there. Um, yeah, Eclipse is a fun game. Yeah, Eclipse is a yeah. Eclipse is quite good. The two that I still haven't played, but and I have there, but I still haven't played. And I really want to is Nippon and Food Chain Magnet. You know, it's funny. Food Chain Magnet is like crazy here. I mean, you can't even you can't even get your hands on a copy. And the one and and if you can, it's there. People are asking one hundred and fifty, two hundred dollars for for a copy. It's ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah. mine is an Essen copy, and it was still seventy five oh, euros, and that was still quite expensive. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I haven't played it yet, but I, I hear I hear it's fun though. They, they they've said good things about it. Yeah, yeah. Overall, I haven't managed to just find time in the last uh, since Essen. Uh, I, actually, I didn't manage to get the Essen copy, so I was there. Obviously, last year I had two releases of my own, right? And at Essen, so I went. I was there. I was there like a week before to receive the copies into the warehouse there, and and I was working with uh, with Heraclius. Um, who was publishing and then we held hands. Uh, I was helping him out with logistics and stuff and setting up the booth. And I went to the Splotterspielen booth like six times uh, before, before, <laughs> b- during the, before they actually said, okay, we can start selling them. And I went there and I said, like, can, can you just give it to me? Because while I'm demoing, I won't be able to get, you know, to, to, to come here. Uh, I need to be in between two booths. And they're like, sorry, we, we, we're not opening uh, its sales until, until, until Thursday. I'm like, not even press day? You're not opening <laughs> on press day? Come on. They were like, no, we can't. Sorry. And then what happened was that I went at the end 
of the first day and they had sold out, right? Because I uh-huh. could, as soon as we started, I just on the first day, I couldn't go. And then I was like, okay, let me go grab one. And I passed by once and they were full. And the second time I was, it was always like passing by, I have five minutes, but there was like a large queue. So I couldn't wait that long. And when, when I went right. there and tried to get it, they, they sold the last uh-huh. copy to the guy who was in front of me no. in line. And I was like, no, come on, I came here six times, and then they sold them all. Damn, this is my first, you know, splotter game. That's fine. But then, um, Richard Rado, you know. Yeah, Rado Runs Through. You know Rado from yeah. Rado Runs Through? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, he, he, he lives here in Malta, right? We, I mean, we play together very often. Um, and, and yeah, he, he kind of bought the copy reviewed it and then i told him yeah as soon as you're done from that you know where it's going (laughs) and i i bought the coffee the copy off of him and that's why now it's here awesome very cool yeah i i um i had a similar experience with mysterium last year at gen con i was there waiting in line because they wouldn't sell to people who you know, I tried to do the same thing. I tried to go early with my yellow press, you know, with my yellow credentials, I could get in early. Yeah, exactly. And they were like, nope, sorry, you got to stand in line just like everyone else. And they literally sold the last copy that I wanted to get to the guy in front of me. Um, they basically were handing out, they were oh, handing wow. out little Dixit cards to people because they only had a certain amount, uh, giving cards, giving cards, giving cards, bam. And the guy in front of me got one and they were like, sorry. And we all were done. I think I'd rather be like, you know, 20 oh, back yeah. than like the last, you know, the bubble guy. That's terrible. But, uh, yeah, but, yeah, uh, but, you know, you ended up getting that. That's the thing. It's like, you know, okay, you don't get it then, but you get it later. You, you know what I mean? It's, it's not hard to get it later. Um, especially if it's an Astro right, release. Of course. <laughs> um, so, all right. So now that our geeklies are rounded up, let me go in. I, I typically do the news, so I guess I'll sort of do that as well, along with my uh, hosting duties. And I have a few, uh, just interesting stories I found in the news, and then um, once we get through those, we'll, we'll jump into our topic. Um, so apparently, um, Disney is going to bring Indiana Jones, well, they are bringing back Indiana Jones for another movie, um, and they're planning to not just have it for the fifth movie, but continue to go on uh, with several other movies. Um, yeah, so... Uh-huh. Uh, I don't know. The fifth film... Who's the lead actor? Um, I don't think... I don't think they know yet. The, 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 let's see, the, um, the film, the, the fifth film is supposed to be out July 19th, 2019. So that's what, th- three, oh, three wow. years from now? Yeah. So I don't even know if they've started casting or, or what they're doing yet, but, um, but they, they definitely are doing the July 19th, 2019 release. And then their play, Disney CEO has basically said, yes, we're also going to have even more. And, um, they are wanting it to be on par with their Star Wars releases. So they're basically trying to create a universe for Star for you know for, for Raiders that they did with uh with Star Wars. So we'll see how they do with that. I mean, I love the you know original Raiders and and you know the, the original trilogy, so let's see how they do with the uh with I guess the quote-unquote reboot. Um yeah, you could say yeah. that. Yeah. Um have you guys been playing Doom 2 at all? <laughs> Tom will kill me. No. Doom? No, no. Well, apparently, um, a guy by the name of let me see if I can find him here. Uh, a guy by the name of Doug Keener. Um, he spent over about over a hundred hours to create a Seinfeld apartment. So you know the show Seinfeld, uh, David. Uh, it, it basically, he created the apartment with you know with Jerry and George and all those guys, and you can go in there and you know basically shoot them up with a with your twelve gauge shotgun. <laughs> so, so you can shoot up the Jerry Seinfeld apartment in the new Doom uh, with a mod. Wow, that is dedication. Yeah, hundred hours. It's been a hundred hours on something right just so you can shoot up Seinfeld. <laughs> you either got to be a super fan or a super hater. Super hater of that show. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so apparently they think that within the next fifteen hundred years, if there are aliens out there, they will. That's a very broad guess. Us. Um, there's a. Si- yeah, fifteen hundred years. I mean, I guess that that leaves a lot. Well, I mean, I guess in the scheme of the, you know, planetary planetary age, it's it's not that big of a time frame. But um, they think that because they, they've calculated the statistics and probability, and they've come up with this thing called the Fermi paradox, uh, and they think that um, 
about 1500 years is, is, you know, as, as late as 1500 years, but could be sooner. Uh, just analysis of probability because of so many signals we've sent out. They basically think that we've already contacted, could have, could have contacted aliens by now because, you know, within the time span of the last, whatever, however long we've been sending out radio signals, um, we've probably hit, you know, places that are about 80, 80 light years away. So, you know, over the next however many years, uh, that that's just going to keep growing exponentially, and then but then of course it's going to take that take time for them to decipher the signals and then decide what to send back if they do want to send something back. So they've given themselves about a fifteen hundred year cushion. Uh, but then of course you know you listen to Stephen Hawking and you know he says we probably don't want to hear from aliens because that's not going to work out very well for us. Uh, didn't work out very well for the Indians here in the in the United States. Um, and last but not least, Walmart, speaking of uh, interlopers and destructive empires, uh, Walmart is, within the next 10 years, uh, going to turn its shopping carts into robots that follow you. So you'll have, well, they're going to have robotic shopping carts. They've acquired a robotics company, and they are working on self-driving technology for their shopping carts uh, to follow you around the aisles so that you're free <laughs> to, you know browse and pick up whatever you want you don't have to push the cart i mean i don't know i mean i think that's kind of cool but uh, i don't know your shop shopping cart Sounds goes crazy and gimmicky at best yeah, I mean. yeah exactly that's the thing we always talk about that especially in games too it's like i'm all for you know advancement in games and video games and things like that but like don't give me something that's just a gimmick that you know like i don't know if you remember Gollum arcana where it's sort of like it, 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 you used it with a tablet, and it was like a, bo- a miniature sort of board game. Um, yes, yes, I remember. That was the first kind of sort of iPad hybrid sort of thing. Right, right. But the thing was, it was like more hassle than it was, you know, it, 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 I, I could just roll the dice and do it myself. I don't need to, like, do all the, you know, things that it wanted me to do in order to play the game. So don't give me something just for a gimmick. Give me something that's going to be practical and, and inc- you know, add value to the gameplay, Oof. not just, you know, be there to be there. Um, How was the XCOM game? I've never played a more stressful game. Is that a good thing? I would never, ever play it with new people, like like people who know how to play games and people who are, are you know, dedicated to learning something. But, I mean, it's timed. You get, like, 90 seconds to take your turn sometimes, and, like, you just... Bad stuff happens if you take 91 seconds. So uh, it's it's super like, do it, do it, do it, do it, go, 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 go. Like, and then technically it's cooperative, but like your five people are yelling at you to hurry. And, oh, that's actually kind of a good thing, though, especially, you know, Brian, you know, in our, in our gaming group, there's like people that take forever to, to take their turns, you know? So I, I think 90 minutes is a little long for a term, too, but 90 seconds yeah. is... <laughs> that's pretty quick all right so that rounds out the news for me and so we're going to sort of push into our topic which is sort of an origins recap uh, but you know the real sort of reason uh we're here is because we want to talk to david about his new game days of ire budapest 1956 so david why don't you sort of uh you know give us an overview on yourself just for the listeners i mean we know obviously because we you know we we've looked you up and we talked to you but we you know why don't, why don't you sort of let the listeners know a little bit about yourself and what you've worked on and what you're working on now and and definitely tell us about uh days of ire sure sure definitely so uh yeah i'm i'm david i'm, I'm 25 years old uh, i'm from malta which is uh across a very small island uh south of italy um, and I've been making games since 2014. Um, I think my, my, my first published game would be, at least my, my first released game to the public would be And Then We Held Hands, which is uh, like a two-player cooperative game about, about saving a broken relationship. And that one was uh, originally a print-and-play that we released, and it, it, it won the Golden Geek for Best Print-and-Play, and... Uh, and people were were quite excited about it, and then it got picked up by a publisher, and and um, yeah, I think and that one's been quite a success. I'm, um, it's very it's very unique. It's it's got this sort of thing where you can't talk to each other uh, about the game itself, so it eliminates the leading player 
problem in 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 cooperative games, and it really forces you to communicate with the partner uh, by by not not through the strategy, but 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 I mean not through through the game itself and through you know body language and stuff like that, and and the the, the not talking mechanic tries to replicate sort of the, the the feeling of when communication problems in a relationship kind of kind of are taking over and there are lots of things that you say and do but you never actually talk about right um and there are, there's a lot of information that you're giving your partner uh but you're not telling them right up straight up very clearly um and this is what it tries to replicate um then um a few few months later i released uh well artipia did uh, the pursuit of happiness and this was there was a kickstarter for it actually for the second edition earlier this year um, and the pursuit of happiness is basically a, a worker placement where time is your workers and you're building your life. So it's, I like to call it if 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 the game of life was actually good, <laughs> right? It was actually a game. <laughs> um, uh, and and yeah, yeah, I'm, it's it's been well received too. Then I worked on Posthuman last year as well. Um, I was uh, I was a developer on Posthuman and I was project leader on the Kickstarter campaign and uh, and I was you know leading the team to getting the game done essentially. Um, so I got a lot of uh, experience in terms of more from the manufacturing and and, and publishing side. On uh, I was more involved in that process in, in Posthuman and and now I'm doing Days of Ire, which is. Which is uh, basically Twilight Struggle and Pandemic combined. That's 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 what it is basically. Um, it's it takes elements from both and makes a one versus many game. So you have one player playing the Soviet player who's playing a sort of Twilight Struggle esque card driven mechanic, um, whilst the uh, the opponent, which could be from one up to three uh, revolutionaries. Um, are playing as a sort of cooperative game, trying to deal with the situation, the theater that the Soviet player creates, right? Um, and and basically, they need to survive for for three for for seven days. Um, with there's a threshold of there's four events that can be on the board. If they manage to keep it below that, then four or below, then they win the game. And there are, of course, other other ways to, to, to win and lose. Uh, there are some, some other win-loss conditions, like like the, the, the revolutionaries clearing out the board from Soviet troops, or the Soviets killing one of the revolutionaries, or the Soviets dropping the morale down for the, for the revolutionary side, and then the, the, the revolution sort of fizzles off, right? Because they don't have... They don't have the more the, the the will to keep going with the revolution, um, and well, it comes also. You can play it like this, but then we introduced also um, a co-op variant. So, well, it's a co-op mode rather than a variant where you can play as the revolutionaries against uh, an Ottoman um, Soviet player, right? And that extends the game as a four, to a four-player co-op game. Um, and then you can also play it solo, so it has it has this sort of really multi-mode way of of playing things. Um, Very cool. Sounds awesome. So I've seen the Kickstarter now. Give us the uh, give us the idea behind doing. You just did. You know, a lot of Kickstarters have many different levels of pledges, things like that. You guys only have basically two pledge levels. Give us sort of the idea behind that. Well, I mean, uh, for us, for us, the, the game, we, we put a lot into the game, right? We, we said, okay, we're going to make the game the best we can right from the start, right? So it was basically, do you want a copy of the game or do you not want a copy of the game? So we, the, our pledge levels are, in fact, a copy of the game or 10 copies of the game to make it easier for those who have sh- problems with shipping, right? Like, uh, like Australia and so that makes, or anyone who wants to get the game cheaper, Right, so if the, we offer the discounted rate there. So uh, even the strategy goals, for instance, most of them are most of them are are, are quality upgrades or small small um, add-ons that add a little bit of replayability, right? Because we had already put as much as we can into the game, and then we're just rounding the package and making it an even better, um, like like better quality and better sort of some alternate stuff, some promo cards, just so that the Kickstarter backers have have access to to something exclusive, you know. Um, 
so so I mean there wasn't really too much reason for us and we didn't uh, it, it does help even as Cloud Island which is the the company the new company that we founded to make Days of Fire being the first being the first Kickstarter campaign on our own uh, it, it helps to 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 keep things uh, to keep things um, centralized and keep things small, so that we 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 can you know move along fast, right? Um, stretch goals and and multiple pledge levels and all of these different complicated things tend to add a lot to the to the production time of a game. And and this way this way, I mean, we are in a situation where we can hit the print button less than a week after the end of the campaign. Um, and that would mean that the backers could be getting their copies as early as this October. You know what I mean? Um, of course, we, we we gave a bit of time for us because things do crop up. But but by doing it this way, uh, we, we keep things more manageable. We keep things more more contained to allow less of op opportunities to screw up. Basically, <laughs> that's the main concept. No, I think that's a great idea, and I like that you because I, I basically stopped backing Kickstarters unless they have. I like what you said about giving exclusive content to the backers, because what burns me the most is I'll I'll really get excited about a game, I'll back it for fifty, sixty bucks, whatever it is. Then you know you have, basically they have my money for six months or however long it takes for them to fulfill the fulfill the uh, the the reward, and then. I get my game right around or even sometimes after the game comes out in retail. And I don't know if you know over here, online retailers are, they give steep discounts like 30%. Like, you know, game comes out, the MSRP is, you know, a hundred bucks. You can get it for 70 bucks on Amazon or, or on, you know, some of these other online discounters or whatever. So I paid a hundred bucks for the game. Someone else can, and, and, you know, and they've had my money for six months and then someone can buy exactly what I'm getting in the mail for $30 cheaper. Um, you know, I don't mind paying the extra money because I like to fund and help new games and independent people, you know, start, you know, bring their games out. But, you know, give me some promo cards. Give me something yeah, that's yeah. different than, you know, the the retail version. You know what I mean? I think I think it's important. I mean, even for us. Like we made it very clear that listen, if you back the Kickstarter, we will make sure that we will ship your copies, you know, before, well before the game hits retail, because that that's a really terrible thing, and and I mean, I've there were Kickstarters when when there, it, the the difference was even years. I mean, if you look like at, I don't know, one thing that comes up to mind is Myth, for instance, a, a, yeah. a project which took two years to come out, then went into retail and. They had they hadn't even started sending out the Kickstarter copies then, um, and and right. you could buy it at, at 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 in the shops. I mean, if you can buy it at Essen, I guess that's okay, uh, because because um, you know it's, it's, it's limited. It's, I mean, there's only a few limited. people that are going to be able. Yeah, to Yeah, exactly. It. It's only a few, yeah. and and it's it's where it really helps the game if you can launch it there, right? Um, in terms right. of you know getting the, the the buzz going, getting people to talk about it, you need to right. show it, and and it's much better if you have a few copies to sell as well, right? Um, but but uh, but but you know retail is is a different thing, and we've also we've also given a, a given much more than the, than the uh, discount than the retail price actually is, um, especially for those awesome. people who go for the for Very the cool. ten copy pledge, they're getting it. Around like fifty percent of the MSRP, um, so it's it's a heavy, heavy, heavily discounted um, in terms of when compared to the to the MSRP. I mean, the MSRP is similar to Twilight Struggle, right? On this one, it's a similar component game, similar style. I I think that we we've we've upped the 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 bar in terms of visual style and art. Um, we have we have art by Quan Chai Moria in there. We have Sami Lasko doing the graphic design, and I, I think the game looks stunning, especially for for a historical game. I don't think there is another historical game that looks so so iconic as this one does, and we're really proud of what we've managed to do with the with the visual style. Yeah, absolutely. I I, I love the art on this. Yeah, and and you know because usually these historical games are so stuffy. You know, they're just very. Just simple and straightforward, you know. But I, I like I like what you guys have done with this. It's really cool. <laughs> um, yeah. So so the, the, there are many reasons why we've chosen to to keep it simple, 
but the mo- mostly being look the game is ready the game is balanced you know there, there, the, the thing is here is that there are two asymmetrical sides and they're not just like Twilight Struggle two players playing a similar game they are asymmetrical because they have different cards and stuff but but they're playing this game this is a, a this is a game system balanced against another completely different game system balanced against uh, and it's and what's important to tell is that most of these um one versus many sort of games like Descent for instance and and Catacombs and everything like that generally it's the the, the overlord player if you can call it that is a player who is playing a game where he's he's trying he's, he's like a game master. Master, right, he's trying to often. I mean, I found myself very often when playing Descent needing to tone down my my my. my I'm not playing optimally, so to make sure that the other four players are having fun as well, right? And this happens again in in Catacombs. This happens in almost all of these one versus many many games, which which kind of makes it a little bit for the for the Overlord player who feels like. You know, these a bunch of kids are trying to, to 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 beat him. I mean, the only game maybe that that I've that I've played that doesn't really do that, and is probably harder for the Overlord is is um, what's it called? Uh, the anime one from Z-Man, Tragedy Looper. Which yeah, yeah, that's a good game. That's, that's it's actually. it's a good game. It's a good game, but ours is definitely tight. So it's head to head. You don't want to pull any punches. You don't want to play easy on each other. Um, you, you're, you, you, both of you are fighting against each other. What's cool about it is that it can allow for players of different levels to play at the same level because the Twilight Struggle-esque game is quite deep, quite difficult. Um, and you need to learn the cards. You need to understand what they do. There's lots of intricacies in the play. Whilst the cooperative game is a little bit more easy to get into, right? Because uh, one, you're playing with others, and two, it's 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 around pandemic without expansions in terms of weight right so so what you have is a situation where a war gamer a, a war gamer who wants to play with his family and uh, with his wife and kids can do that right while still being in a situation where they can compete against each other and both of them are playing an equally compelling game which where both of them are in an equal position to be able to win according to how well they play up in their own skill right and Right. And this is something this is something that, that, that takes a long, long time to get the balance right. And that's why the stretch goals have been relatively conservative, in my opinion, uh, than, than, than many others have. But all of this is because we know what we're doing, <laughs> right? Because we know our right. game well. We know how much our game can take in terms of additions and all of this different stuff. So that's why we're focusing on actual material component upgrades, prettying up the game in terms of, I don't know, there's the linen finish, there's the... There's a, and we've 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 upgraded the the rule books now so that we have dedicated rule books. One rule book for those who want to play the versus game, and one rule book for those who want to play the co-op game. So they don't have to read the whole VS game, and then the co-op is a variant at the back. If you want to play the co-op game, you just grab the co-op rule book and read that one, right? And then if you wanna if you wanna switch to the other, you'll have a section in the back which says, okay, so you've played the co-op game. Here's what's changed. Um, but you have dedicated rule books and these are things that, that just enhance the game experience overall without without offsetting this delicate balance that we've worked for months on right very cool yeah well you've 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 uh convinced me i just while we were talking just pledged uh, <laughs> for, for the okay. game uh and i'm uh, and i'm hoping that uh, our listeners and viewers will also do the same uh, he's not um, lying i wanted to go back <laughs> my phone says it yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I, I want to uh I actually want to go back to uh, and then we held hands. Um, that's I've actually played that game. I like that game a lot. Um, my question is less about the game mechanics, more about. Um, so you were you the that's your game, that's your baby. You, you designed that yourself. Me with Yannick, yes. Yannick was my co-designer. So so, so was this like a uh, like you know did did that come from like a, a past relationship? Is that where you got the idea for the game, or was it you know was it you know did you have a bad breakup and then you decided you know what I need to make a game that sort of represents this or <laughs> Look, at the time both Yannick and I were going through a difficult period in our own relationships but we had not mentioned any of this to each other while we were making the game we made the game in, 40, gotcha. in a 48 hour game jam right okay. so 
we, we, we didn't talk to each other about it. We didn't know that both of us were in this situation, but we, we were both in, in this difficult period in the relationship. And then it came out like a year later and Yannick told me, uh, I think it was when we were writing Designer Diaries. We had Designer Diaries po posted on Board Game Geek. And, and we wrote them separate from each other and we both kind of sort of declared, you know what, I was going through a difficult period at the time. And then when we read each other's <laughs> diaries, we were like, oh, 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 that explains a lot. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because <laughs> we hadn't ever mentioned anything to each other. But yeah, I mean, I mean, yes, I mean, for such an, I mean, I don't know how you played it, with whom you played it, but the, the experience um, can be, of playing that game can be quite intimate, can be quite yeah, I mean, I've had games where where, where things got pretty touching, um, in terms of of how the game plays, and when when there is the synergy, when the two players do um, interact and manage to understand each other, there are so many, like 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 you set something up for your opponent, you can't tell them what you've set up for them, right? And there's a really good move that you've set up, and your opponent picks up on it. And your opponent does what you're expecting them to do, and at that moment, there's a, a there's just this moment of satisfaction of, of like, oh my god, I'm in sync with this person right now. We both know what we're doing. We are we are in the zone, right? And that feeling, <laughs> that particular feeling, is 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 just absolutely great. And it doesn't have to be, of course. I mean, one of the biggest like like not criticisms, but the biggest questions there was on Board Game Geek, like, do I have to play this with my is it weird if I play this with my sister? Is it weird if I play this with, <laughs> with, with, with my friends? You know, and uh, and and the, the the answer is obviously no. But but I can see I, I can see how it can become uh, sort of like uh, if you role play too much. You know yeah. what I mean? Uh, yeah. Of course, I've, I some of the best games I've played. I mean, I've played them with Yannick, who who is <laughs> who is my co designer right? yeah. on the game, and and we're definitely never we were never dating, but still <laughs> we still we still got that um, that that feeling of of like oh I got you, man. <laughs> you know, I got right. you. We're 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 in this together, and we're 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 figuring it out, and that's that that that's something that that is that is really cool. I find I like it. Yeah, no, I, I, I love it. Yeah, I love. It. I think I think it's such a great, it's such a refreshing difference. You know what I mean? You know, you, you can. There's so many fantasy games, you know, fighting games, dungeon crawlers, you know, all kinds of things that are out on the market, and I just think it's completely different and refreshing. So I, I really like that game a lot. Um, and I know Post Human, great game. Uh, they played a lot at our our local game store, our, our sponsor, the Adventure Game Store here in South Florida. They sponsor our podcast. We, we play it there quite often. Um, my question for that is. Um, the one thing that I will say, and, and I'm going to, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to criticize a little bit, but d don't take it as a bad criticism. It's just, it's just my own no. preference. Um, it, it, I hate games. Well, I don't hate games. I actually like that game, but I hate certain when games have just so many components that it's almost like, to me, it's like almost unmanageable <laughs> if you get what I'm saying. Cause so like, and maybe that's just cause I'm older. You're 25. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm significantly older. So like. I'm used to having like, you know, a board, maybe some components and everything sort of goes together very easily in the box, you know, whereas in post-human, you've got just piles and piles and piles of different little, little counters and food and this and that. And, you know, so I guess maybe I'd like your insight on, on, you know, what the, what the thinking is behind that. And, and cause I see that trend is definitely going in that direction. Because uh, a lot of games I see coming out now just have a ton and ton of components, and I'm wondering what you know what the thinking behind that is from a design standpoint. Okay, so Posthuman, um, the, the designer of Posthuman, Gordon, um, a great friend of mine. We, I, I I develop most of his games. Um, is comes from a from a very strong, deep role playing background, tabletop role playing background, right? So. So post post human was a game that was trying to replicate um, the, the the concept of emergent narrative. It's it's a story game. It's not it's 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 it creates a a story, right? And there are, in my opinion, there are two ways to be able to do um, a story, to be able to co have an emergent narrative. One of which is keep things abstract and allow the players to make their own story. 
uh, which is the way And Then We Held Hands went, where, where, where it's basically an abstract game which is themed, but, but you're trying to, 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 to you're allowing the players to make their own connections, right? The other option is to create yourself enough variables so that players can find, can, sorry, the game is created as you play physically and is different every time. Right, so so it's I guess it's a, it's 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 the merge it's the merging of the 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 the, the heavy gameplay and the, the 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 sort of like table and numbers that the 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 role players and the the sort of thing that Gordon um, is is familiar with, and uh, the the addition of this thing that we want the game to kind of sort of as you progress create a different story every time. So you need enough stuff. You know, in there for 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 the story to come is to come through. And yes, yes, I mean, post-human is uh, maybe uh, inflated. C- could you could you call it that way? Is it's 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 a bloated game, right? And 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 it's 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 meant to be that way because that is that is what post-human wants to be. It wants to be this 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 this, this romp, this sprawling sort of sort of epic sort of journey where where you're where you're meeting these sort of people and you're trying to kind of sort of really trying to simulate that 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 system that that the 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 the, the difficulty of being without food um, the difficulty of running out of ammo and each bullet really makes a big difference right the, the 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 different sort of minions and people that you can meet and the combination of each and the story that those create right mm-hmm. um and the concept was to create the lots of moving parts that then kind of gel together, um, relatively uh, gel together to create something different every time. And if you play post human, it's not a very complicated game once you get through it. I mean, it's not a very, it's not a very. I mean, it's a relatively simple game to play, right? right? But it does have a number of rules, and it has a lot of cards and things on the table because right. you're flipping and you're joining all of all of these gears that come together to form something different every time. Right. Um, right. So uh, it was intentional. It's partly this the design style that Gordon yeah. Um, yeah. wanted to put into the game. It's the, the philosophy of the emergent narrative, um, and uh, and the, the sort of sprawling nature that we wanted to create, and all of the things are there for a reason. You know, uh, every single little mechanic adds a little bit to this. And yes, this creates a situation where there are things you need to learn, and there are a lot of things to handle on the board. But then, yeah. then, then it kind of comes together at the end to 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 to, to and it's satisfying, especially for for the people who have backgrounds like Gordon has, of right. course. Um, I mean, for 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 me, for instance, I'm a much more. Uh, I mean, maybe it's the wrong word, but I'm a much more elegant type of designer, right? If I can do right. something with, uh, if I can do something with two cards, I wouldn't do it with four. You know what I mean? And that's if I can do something. If something is, I don't know, can be smaller. Shave it off until it's the smallest it can be, and right. and when I was developing posthuman, I I did do that. I did do that, but I had all, I also needed to understand what 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 was Gordon wanted to the game to be, and I needed to 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 take a step back in terms of paring down um, to allow his game to be what he wanted it to be. Right? I mean, if it, if, it, if I had done posthuman only by myself, then it would be. A smaller, much smaller box. Yeah, but I think, yeah. I, I, I think I, I like how Posthuman turned out in terms of how it's it, it's it's it veers off a little bit from the, the the current sort of trend of making things streamlined and and completely elegant and just like really straight in in because it fills this niche in a way of slightly more you know slightly more sprawling games and i mean you'll never have right. the same game twice with post-human it's it's impossible we calculated it <laughs> it's 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 physically right. impossible <laughs> to have the exact same game with post-human twice unless you play more than 500 games and that's yeah and that's that's cool you know and that's something that comes from enough variables to allow you to, to out of the box you know without and and that's the thing that i mean post-human has a lot of things in the base box right a lot of things that 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 perhaps other publishers would have put in as 
two more expansions. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. <laughs> in the in the base box to create the 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 the, the replayability and, and sprawlingness of, of it all. And maybe it would have been better in terms of getting people getting people sort of into it in terms of streamlining the learning process, right? Because you would learn the basic mechanics and then we'll you will throw in another expansion which which brings it to what we want it to be. But we wanted it to be what it is, post human, this thing. You know what I mean? Right. And I think I, I think looking back uh, you know maybe maybe it would have been a better business model to do it that way. Maybe it would have been perhaps easier for people to get into it but it wouldn't be posthumous <laughs> yeah it wouldn't right? be the same game it wouldn't yeah. be the same game no no but I, I don't get me wrong i love the game i love to play it um and i'm sort of like you know i'm, I'm an old school guy too i mean i got my pathfinder rule book here sitting right next to me you know what i mean so I, you know i'm sort of the old school you know rpg type guy but um the uh the only issue I had was, like I said, so we'll be sitting there and we're deciding what we want to play and someone will say, hey, let's play post-human. And then we all sort of look at each other and it's like, okay, who's going to set it up and who's going to put it away? <laughs> you know what I mean? That's, that's, that's like, it just it creates sort of like a little bit of a barrier to, to play because no one wants to set it up and then put it away because it's like a million different components all together. But, you know, I guess if you want the gameplay, you got to sort of, you know, put up with whatever you got to deal with. Um, yeah, I mean, at least we made the game, you know. Oh, no, it's we, great. We, we made it. It's yeah, it's it's out there, you know. The, the, uh, and we love we love to play it. It's, yeah. <laughs> no, it's an absolute <laughs> great game. Um, and the last thing I wanted to ask you about was uh, 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 Artipia. I, I think that's how you uh, Artipia. Right? Yeah, Artipia. Yeah. Um, that's a Greek Greek company, right? Yes, a Greek and, company. And I yeah. and I think I noticed behind you the game, a game that I have. I was in Greece recently in March. And I picked up a game called Lap Dance, mm -hmm. yeah, and I think I saw that on, on the back on your shelf over there. So yeah, yeah, uh, right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, I have the same game actually. That's funny that so you, you've done work with them as well. Yes, yes. Um, the Pursuit of Happiness, which is another game which is designed by me, is published by them. Um, and well, the the U.S. Oh, version cool. is is being done by Stronghold. Oh, Stronghold, uh, very cool. Okay. So, so yeah, Artipia, Artipia are the original publishers of the game. We did the first edition in Essen last year, which was a limited printer of around 300 copies and sold out there at Essen. Um, and then, and then by this year, early this year, we did a Kickstarter campaign um, and we raised more than $100,000 to make the, the second edition, which is going to be published in the U.S. by Stronghold and is shipping right now. Um, uh, it's shipping to, to backers right now. So hopefully there'll be a lot more going on Board Game Geek when people start getting the game and playing it. But, I mean, the reviews have all been amazingly positive on how good a story it manages to create, and that was exactly our goal. So me, Adrian and I are really, really happy how that turned out in terms of, of reaching our goal and making this really highly thematic story-making game in a way that, I mean, the, the game works in a way that by the end of the game, you finished your 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 story arc and you finished your game, and then everyone in the rulebook we said it we said it now everyone look at your cards look at what you've become and tell us your story right and then you just look at your cards and you say okay so it seems that I've become um, an accountant who is ripped went to went to Cambodia um, bought a car and a yacht and uh, and had a turtle. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> um, and then the next player says, "I never, I, I never got a job, and uh, but I managed to um, start a band. I managed to create a, to act in a play. I managed to direct a film. I managed to make a board game, and I made, I did something else. You know what I mean? Um, and uh, and that was so. What was so cool about it, this sort of life creation? concept that there is and it's the, the, the basic concept of it is you're spending time and there are three resources three main resources that's creativity uh, knowledge and influence influence is like how good you are with people charisma you know um, and you manage these resources to try to get happiness right but there is there is no single good way to 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 get happiness the player who dies the happiest wins right it goes from when you're a baby up until you die and you can and there's a stress mechanic so you could die early you could 
in fact, there are some goals, like there's a goal called live fast and die young, which basically gives you <laughs> extra points, give you extra points if you go full on and like do too many things, because basically the more stuff you take on, the more stress you take. And if the stress reaches a certain threshold, it can never go back down that threshold unless you get a specific type of card which allows you to recover. And this, this duplicates your health as how much stress you put onto yourself. And you could, you could, if you just take on many projects, just push it right up until, until you, you, you die before everyone else, right? But that does not mean that you will lose. <laughs> because if you manage to die happier than anyone else manages to be, Right, and then you win anyway, uh, and that's what's so cool about it. And and you, you you don't need to get a job; you can still win without getting a job. You can win by getting a job and then buying lots of stuff before you die. You know, just splurging, if that's one way you want to do it. You know, if you can like work, 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 and 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 you have limited time. Each each turn you have seven time, right? And the more things you take on, like there are things that take on like permanent upkeep time so if you get a partner and you develop that that partner to the third level which is where 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 you're gonna have kids right you're gonna have a a, a stable relationship with children then you're dedicating 30 40 50 even 60 percent of your time tokens to maintaining this commitment that you took and this is giving you a, a turn by turn bonus but this replicates you know the you know look i have this huge commitment that i've taken and i only have two or three more time tokens to spend and this is per made on purpose to reflect what real life is like right if you have uh, if you have a wife if you have two kids and you have a job then you're not going to have a lot more time to do to do i don't know your personal projects right and uh, but but this is the life you chose and this life can bring you can win you the game it can bring you happiness some others decide to never go for the relationshipy stuff and and take a job and try to go straight for the level three develop the job get the promotions and, and and then and then retire early and that can give you also a really nice bonus point some others never get a job and just do cheap personal projects and have a, a pet that they try to feed but if you get a pet you need to feed it every turn otherwise you lose the pet and if you get a job you need to feed that job every turn in terms of like if you get a job that is based on on creativity you need to feed creativity into that job otherwise you lose it you know and and, and all of these really, really highly thematic um, Euro mechanics. Uh, that's 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 what I, what I, what I like to call it. It's like a highly extremely thematic Euro. Right. Very cool. Very cool. Brian, you have any uh, you have any questions? Ah, uh, so I, I've actually never played. Um, and then we held hands or Pursuit of Happiness. Are they available in America yet? Or Yes, yes. Uh, and then we held hands was released on Valentine's Day this year in the US. Um, and the Pursuit of Happiness is probably still coming out for, again from Stronghold. Um, the Kickstarter copies are, are printed and they are shipping now. So um, I would say that it will be available in the near, very near future. Um, but and then we held hands is definitely available in the US. I, I love the, the emergent narrative, shared narrative. That's that's just a, a personal theme of mine. Uh, I love to see it in board games. I, I can't think of too many games like that. No, there there aren't many. I think I think it does fill in a specific niche. Of I mean, uh, there's CV, of course, that does this whole life thing, but it it doesn't do it as well as uh, in terms of story building and and really thematic play as well as the pursuit of happiness and of course i'm biased when i say this <laughs> but <laughs> but but i i'm pretty confident that if you play both of them you will say holy crap yeah the pursuit of happiness creates a story creates a life yeah, I can check that out. see well cv is is more is more, it's it's a great game but it's it's more of a sort of it's a lot less complicated it's a dice rolling game right so it's it's more it's a little more lucky um whilst in the pursuit of happiness you're making choices you're deciding how you want to spend your time to do one of the many things that you can do in the game and uh, and, and that puts it puts it at a different sort of position in terms of the market right very cool all right. Well, I really want to thank you for coming on, David. Why don't you let us know where um, all the listeners and the viewers can find you? You know, Facebook, uh, Twitter, all that good stuff. Uh, email, however they can, you know, find you, contact you. 
sure they can they can find me on twitter um my um, at david kirkop right now it's the cloud island account um they can go on Kickstarter and check out the uh, Days of Fire campaign. It's still got uh, eight eight days to go. Um, I, I highly suggest that you get on in it. Um, it's going to be <laughs> great. It's a really, really, really great game. I'm, I'm I'm impressed with what the designers have managed to do on on Days of Fire. I think it's it's fantastic. Uh, again, I'm probably biased, but I'm honest <laughs> as well. <laughs> um, um, uh, on Facebook, David Kirkop, you can find me there. You can send me an email at david at cloudislandgames.com or david at davidkirkop.com. Uh, if, uh, I, have a, I have a website with a little bit of a portfolio of what I've done as well, uh, which is davidkirkop.com. Um, yeah, I guess those are the places where I generally hang out. Send me an email, send, send me a Twitter message, and we'll get talking. I'd love to talk to people. Awesome. Well, uh, we really want to thank you for coming on and talking with us. We've had a great time talking games with you. It's it's one of my favorite tabletop games is my favorite thing to talk about. So uh, <laughs> I'm too, glad we too. at least, if nothing else, at least we got to talk about it. You know what I mean? Uh, but um, thank you for coming on. And uh, Brian, why don't you give us your uh, little end of the deal spiel? Well, first off, thanks, man. Thanks for me, too. Thank you, guys. Like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter and Instagram, add us to your Google circles, and join the Nerdstravaganza HQ group on Facebook. Check out our website, nerdstravaganza.com, where you can check out this and all of our back episodes. Uh, check out YouTube for all of our video content. Just type Nerdstravaganza into the search bar, and all of our video content will come up. And send us an email at nerdstravaganza at gmail.com. Uh, let us know uh, what you're playing, whether or not you've backed Days of Ire, which you should have by now, and uh, you know anything else that's on your mind. And uh, with that, uh, Brian, take us away. Thanks again, David. Thanks so much for having me, guys. Thanks for your time. Sorry we kept you up. Uh, it's fine. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> Something I have to deal with being in Malta. <laughs> <laughs>